We at Pre-PT Grind would like to extend an act of gratitude to all our followers for their love and support. We have decided to end the July 6th essay deadline and replace it with a pay it forward essay exchange. We would like to reach as many students as possible and therefore we need your help. We ask that you please give us a Facebook review on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash grind so we can reach as many fellow students as possible and help them on their journey for pre-PT success. Pay this act of kindness forward and enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you very much. Before we jump into the podcast, we would like to inform you of an upcoming Pre-PT Grind Chat Live, a Facebook Live called the Pre-PT Grind Chat, which will air on the Pre-PT Grind Facebook page on Thursday, August 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The live is titled, Who You Need to Be Successful as a Pre-PT. Follow the story of four former Pre-PTs and now soon-to-be Doctor of Physical Therapy graduates who decided as freshmen at the very beginning of their pre-PT journey to hold each other accountable of achieving their PT goals. Without them, pre-PT grind itself wouldn't even exist as you see it today. So join us on our Facebook page on Thursday, August 3rd, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Enjoy the rest of the podcast episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This is where we help you decide, prepare, and transform into becoming the best DPT student and the best future physical therapist you can be. On this episode, we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. or Dr. Dave Kittle, Mr. CEO of his own app, Vinitial. So, Hand claps, virtual hand claps. Thank you very much for for joining us and welcome, sir. How are you? How are you doing today? How are you feeling? How's everything? Hey, Casey, Joe's. I'm first of all, I'm feeling great. I always say I'm feeling great no matter what, uh, because even if I had a bad day, like no offense, like I know you guys love me, but I don't know if you would really care that much. So listen, I feel great no matter what, and <laughs> I am so thankful and I'm really grateful for your time and inviting me on here. So I really appreciate it. And I look forward to chatting with you guys, catching up and hopefully providing some value for your audience. No, thank you. Thank you. And I mean, uh, Casey mentioned uh, you being the CEO of Vinitial. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? And I know a few people in our audience know what telehealth is and maybe just kind of introducing us to what that is and, and, and what role that has to play in our profession or even just healthcare in general. For sure. So I am a physical therapist and I stepped away from patient care in 2015. And I have this company, a technology company where I don't write any of the software code. And I have a business partner who writes the software code and it's called Vinitial. And it's a secure HIPAA compliant texting app. Now that's the way I kind of used to pitch it. But now learning more about marketing, I pitch it as saying Vinitial is an app for refilling and recovering open appointment slots that are on your schedule tomorrow. So that sounds a lot better for a practice owner. And so that's what it is. We're trying to use communication between a patient and the front desk or a patient and their provider to communicate between visits after discharge. And before that, there might just be personal cell phone texting that occurs or email or phone calls. And so we're trying to use the social norm now that is texting or messaging and uh, do it in a secure and HIPAA compliant fashion. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> and so that's, I mean, we really just started with the end um, at the beginning. And so, so that's, that's something uh, for those of you listening, if you have no idea what, uh, what telehealth is, uh, you just got a sneak peek into it. And so I would even suggest looking at Vinitial. It's Vinitial.com. Is that what it is? Correct. The letter V initial com And real quick, I got that from the initial evaluation. So if I were to evaluate as a PT, Joe's or Casey for the first time, they come into physical therapy, into an outpatient office, they got hurt and they see a physical therapist and I conduct their initial evaluation. And then when they have a plan of care for follow-up visits, I took the V of visits and I kind of mm. just, you know, did like a little letter name swap. And uh, it's just a little thing that I had to do to find a random word that's not an English word. But I, I got a short domain, so it's like 
initial.com and it was something that's unique and potentially brandable instead of, you know, healthcare text messenger.com or something like that. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. That's brilliant. This is something you can potentially as students for your interviews, you can potentially use in your interview when you're talking to your interviewer. So you can talk a little bit about telehealth, virtual health, what's coming in the future. And, you know, just Google Vinitial, reach out to one of us or Dave, and, you know, just get a little more insight into what it is and where it's going. This can potentially, you know, impress your interviewer um, very highly in your interview. So check it out. Check it out. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So with, with this episode, I mean, this is the pre-PT Grind podcast, of course. And so Dave is the CEO of Initial, yes. But before that, we're going to take some steps back. He became a physical therapist. And before that, he was like any other undergrad student. And before that, he was a high schooler. Before that, he was a kid. And so for you, sir, talk to us a little bit about your background and really the foundations of what even set you up for choosing physical therapy as a viable career option? I've always been super active. I played sports my entire life. I played baseball and soccer in high school. I played baseball, uh, division two baseball in college. So I've always been active, but at the same time, I always had some small injuries here or there that I thought that I was at the time before my physical therapy education, I thought that I was treating or helping myself. Um, but it was really just like stretching or icing and things like really, really simple things. And so I've always been an extrovert and wanted to help others and be around other people. And so when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, and you're trying to figure out what you want to do the entire rest of your life, it's first of all, it's really hard. And many people don't know, which is totally okay. You might, you might not find that out until you're 20 or 25 years old. Um, and, but I was kind of ushered in uh, to a situation for me where I wanted to play baseball at the next level. And I also wanted to make sure that I got a, you know, a very good degree and had a very potentially positive outlook or, or a head start on life where I didn't want to be, uh, as, as I was talking to you guys in the pre-interview, uh, manual labor, like, you know, my dad has a tree service and that was my first job where I was, you know, breaking my back only in the summers. Um, but, you know, to help him and, and you know, cut firewood and, and move logs and trees and it just, and I was like, listen, I'm, I'm never, there's no way I can do this. Like I have to do whatever it takes. And at the time when you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, the only real thing is like, is education. Like that's the only thing you can really think of. You're not thinking about building companies or a startup or anything like that. You're thinking about education. That's what everyone else says. And so it was like, all right, I chose this, this pattern uh, or this, this journey, which was Within six years, I could get two degrees, a bachelor's degree and a doctor of physical therapy degree, play four years of baseball, all at one school, all at one campus. And uh, that's the way I went and graduated in 2011. Wow. That's, that's actually how I viewed physical therapy because I was in between pharmacy and PT. And I saw that six years, that short term, all in one school. And I was like, this is a no brainer. Like <laughs> this, is, this is a no brainer. Six years, six or seven years, get, get a doctorate degree and go work like this is super cool. This is super easy. So like I highly correlate with that message with that message. So in the pre-interview, you were talking a little bit about when you were in school, you were doing some other things before and possibly during PT school, some other side hustles. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Um, the, the side hustles were in high school. I actually in PT school, I had with the combination of baseball and school, I didn't do it. I didn't work anywhere. I didn't do any side hustle. Um, but in, in high school, I, without being encouraged or, or told what to do, I was uh, using free Napster music at the time. Um, and many other people <laughs> might remember LimeWire or Kazaa or Napster yes, or yeah. many other free services. Uh, and I was selling for five and $10, I was selling mixed CDs. Cause you know, like in the eighties or nineties, it was like mixed tapes, like actually cassettes. But in, in, when I was in high school, it was mixed CDs. And so I was selling those five or $10 a piece uh, based on a unique list of, you know, songs that people wanted to hear and I would make them within a day or so. And, uh, and I was selling my parents old, you know, magazines like sports illustrated and things that were sitting around the house. And I was just, you know, bringing them into my hallways in high school uh, and selling those. And it's, it's so funny. Like I was talking to you guys in the pre-interview thinking back to that and it was like, wow, like I did some of this or, or, 
most of this really without any like encouragement. No one said like, oh, go start a lemonade stand, go start a business, go do this, go do that. And so for me, I, I don't know if entrepreneurship or, or things like this in, in, in business with sales and like that DNA, I don't know if that can be taught because for me, I just, I just know that I already had it. Like I had it uh, even, you know, in other stories when I was younger. Um, but those were the side hustles in high school that I think resulted in me already with Napster. I was already using the internet. I was already using AOL to communicate with my friends and chat rooms and AOL Instant Messenger. And so those were some of the side hustles that I kind of, it was like half like the hustle, half using technology. So I think that's really interesting that now I have a, a secure texting company because the texting that we're doing now through the app is not too different from like the communication that we were doing over AOL Instant Messenger in like the 2000s or in the late 90s. So all of it really started back then. And so it wasn't anything that you changed about your personality or, or anything like that. You were, I mean, one, it sounds like you were already a pretty, pretty big into the technology world already, right? You, you already said AOL Instant Messenger. And I mean, you were already an entrepreneur at that point. Um, and so, so then now transitioning into physical therapy school, did, did you feel like, like part of that was, was stripped away or were you still able to kind of do your thing? And I, and I know you mentioned that you weren't able to do anything but baseball and PT school and all of that together. Uh, but, but did you feel like there was a transition uh, when you got into PT school where you were kind of pulled away from what you loved doing and enjoyed doing? You know, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. And when I hear that question, I think I was, I think, I, I think a little bit of that was stripped away. And luckily now since 2015, I left my full time job and I'm, and I'm back in it, which is, which is insane. But, um, in the pre-interview, I was mentioning like, Hey, with, with, with high school counselors, when they're preparing you for college, or if you have any other mentors or, or counselors, when you're in undergrad and you're thinking about what graduate school and what type of path you want to pursue, if you don't express what you've done, like that is, is like a side hustle or something outside of school, like outside of the, the social norm and the, and the normal behaviors. If your counselors, mentors don't know that, like in my case, the, the high school counselor didn't know that I was selling Napster, you know, mixed CDs in the, in the, in the hallway because I don't want to be shut down. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. And so, um, I feel like I was that, I feel like that was kind of stripped away from me. And the one thing that I remember thinking was like, you know, my dad has this tree service where he has, you know, he, he put himself in a position where he wants to just do everything. He wants to do all the cutting, all the, all the jobs. He wants to be on site. He wants to be very like high touch. And when he got hurt or when he was sick, he and the business didn't generate any money. And so I was like, well, I'm never going to do that. So when I'm 17 or 18 years old, the only thing I could think of was if I never want to do that, then I have to go to school and be like a doctor or something. Like I have to just do education. And I, for whatever reason, like, the, that side hustle, I kind of split and I went like the hardcore, like academic route. And it probably wasn't until after graduation that I kind of started to realize, like, I didn't want to necessarily treat patients day in, day out and trade time for dollars. I actually wanted to really build stuff and, and, and build product and build things that help people and impact people and reach more people than I can per day. You know, as a physical therapist, we can see 10, 11, 12 clients or patients per day maybe more, maybe less. And that's great. That's great work. My wife is a physical therapist and she's still full-time treating patients. But in the long run, I want to create software, create products and services that can reach a million people per day, a billion people per day. Like for me, sky's the limit with technology. So I, I really wanted to pursue that. I love it. So, so it sounds like, like you were super driven, like during high school, college, PT school, did you have like any struggles? Like getting into PT school or during PT school that you can share with, with the audience to know, to let them know like that it's okay if you are struggling or if you, if you are having a hard time, is there anything that, that happened to you in that time? For sure. And I want to preface it by saying, if you're listening to this and if you're in undergrad or if you're in any graduate program, your grades and GPA, as long as you just pass, like as long as you get to the next step, you do. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying to do the minimum, but the status of being first in the class doesn't mean shit because I remember feeling like I had to work harder than other people and they were first in the class, second in the class. And there were a ton of struggles. Like I remember, I think maybe my third or fourth year, I didn't go home for Easter. I mean, it's not a major, maybe it's for some people it might not be a major holiday like Christmas or Thanksgiving, 
but I didn't go home for certain holidays to see my family because I was studying for the next test that was going to be like that next Monday or that project or whatever. So I was in complete lockdown mode and I had this thing in my head where my family, my aunts and uncles and cousins all knew my particular graduation date, which was May something of 2011. And I, I have no idea. I have no idea if they, if, if friends or family knew that graduation date. But when, when I was in school, I said, there's no fucking way that I'm not graduating on that day. And so uh, I did everything that I could. I had a lot of struggles with, uh, with focus. I'd have to, you know, go in, in one of those cubicles and I'd have to have my phone off and I'd have to not, you know, do like, you got to cut yourself off. So I don't think that's too different than any struggles that any of you might've had and any other student listening, because if you really want it that bad, you just have to put in the work. Don't worry about who's getting A's and B's or whatever. And don't worry about the first person or the second person in the class, because guess what? Now, uh, five or six years after graduation, I have a software company. I'm living the life that I want to do. And I have no idea, but those people that finish first and second in the class, they might not even be happy with what they're doing. I have no idea. I wish them all the best, but I feel like I'm going to hopefully reach an impact more than maybe they ever do. And, and that's just the competitive side of me. I love it. And, and, and you're reminding me of, of a point where after my first year in physical therapy school, um, and I had to learn that too right away. And with my class, uh, there was, it was about 38 of us-ish. Um, but with my class, we had to figure that out pretty quick that <laughs> it was no longer about who's getting straight A's because I mean, heck, most of the people getting into PT school, I mean, depending on the program you're getting into, they were decent students. They were pretty good students. So they were used to doing well. They were used to being in the upper portion of whatever classes they were taking in undergrad or whatever. And so now they're in PT school and you're stuck with people that are just, I mean, some are more driven than others. I get it. But now you have to change your mindset, which for me was whether I graduate with a 4.0, 3.5, it doesn't matter what I graduate with. If I cross the stage, get my degree, I'm a physical therapist as much as someone who has a 4.0 is a physical exactly. therapist. Exactly. Exactly. So once that clicked, then everything changed. Game, game changed entirely. And so now for us, for my class, we figured out pretty quick. But then for the classes behind ours, which included Casey's class, and the classes after that, we were trying to share that as well. We're like, yo, guys, listen, if you guys can catch this part, PT school will be fantastic. A's mean nothing, all right? If you, obviously, if you're learning this stuff, if you're learning how to, your own study styles, whether you study by yourself, whether you're studying well with a group of people, it doesn't matter. If you figure that out, like, A's don't matter. Like, you better pass your classes. And so whatever the passing curve is, be above it. Do your best, right? But but it doesn't mean anything in terms of success afterwards, uh, because sure. some of the, some of the most successful people I know in many fields were not at the top of their class, and that's not to throw a shot at anyone who's at the top of their class right now. Because I think any that's just to say that anyone can succeed. You just got to get to the end of the line. I mean, to the end of the, the end of the journey, which is graduation for physical therapy students. Right. I mean, one thing that, as you were saying that, it just popped into my head, which was not only do like you guys are going out on rotations right now, but in physical therapy school for where I went, we would have like these one day type of offsites, they would call them, where like half or the entire class would go to certain offsites all together. And I'll never forget this, that this, the person that was apparently second in our class went to go see a patient in front of us. Like it was supposed to like one person was kind of like had to be go, you know, start an evaluation in front of the rest of like the group. And this person that was second in the class walks up to this individual and just grabs out her blood pressure cuff and starts to, you know, don it on this, on the arm of the patient of the client and just goes right into it. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, listen, I know like intellectually, like I know I, my GPA is not even close to this person's right. I, we already knew that. Like we all, we, we all knew this. <laughs> However, the way I am and the way I, I feel like probably you guys are, you would say, Oh, hello, sir, Mr. And Mrs. And you would ask their name and you know, do you mind if I, and I'm going, and then you would start to talk them through like, I'm go, all right, so this is, we're going to do your blood pressure. Do you happen to know where your average blood pressure usually ranges? And then we're, yes. now we're going to measure it. And now I'm going to put it on you. And now I'm going to, you know, measure the blood pressure. So I just remember some of those things like it's uh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't yep. matter. The, yep. the, the GPA and, and all those tallies 
man. Someone, someone told me once that if, if someone's asking you for your, uh, for your GPA on a job interview, peace out, <laughs> say I'm out. Right. Uh, right. Just cause, and I mean, I get it. Some employers want to see that, but, but your, your ability to practice well as a professional by any means, especially in a people's profession, uh, should not be determined by that. And so you just hit it right on the nail. Uh, if, if, if you finish and you can interact well with people, like that's, that's what really matters. I had, I had someone uh, recently tell me, um, a patient recently tell me, she was like, Joseph, listen, um, first of all, I've enjoyed everything. This is on the rotation I'm at um, presently. Um, and I'm not giving any information about her, so it doesn't matter. But what she said was, Joseph, if I came here and did not get better physically, like visibly physically, like if, if I couldn't do the motions that I'm limited in more, I would have probably still come because I've enjoyed my time here. Like this has been a blast. Like the conversations we've had. I mean, she felt like for once someone was listening to her. Someone was able to engage. I mean, we, we have a fun time. And so to hear that, like that blew my mind. Right. Like that blew my mind because obviously you want your patients to get better. Right. But, but for me, that blew my mind because it allowed me to see that it, it was about the people right? If you kid focused on learning how to deal with the other person on the receiving end of whatever you're communicating with the people, that's the golden ticket. And so that's why the grades, I mean, heck, a test is just doing a piece of paper or a computer, right? Books are books. But once you can figure out how to interact with other individuals and learn how to help them achieve what they want to achieve, not what you want to achieve for them, but what they want to achieve, it's game over, man. For sure, no doubt. So a bit of conversation that happened earlier was about when you guys got in school, kind of the competition was over is what I got from that. So my question is, even before PT school, did you have a group of classmates or even your class in general that worked together? Then when you got in PT school, did that, did that carry over? Did you have a group of friends or your class as a whole? Did they work together? And if so, what strategies were really good from that? And if not, what could have been done differently? Yes, there was definitely a group of kind of undergrad PTs that we studied together with in undergrad and then also in graduate school. And uh, particularly one, one classmate, one, another student of mine uh, was, was, is still way smarter than me. Uh, eventually became my girlfriend is now my wife, but I, that maybe not as practical for everybody <laughs> listening. Hey, that works. That works. There's hope out there for y'all that are single. <laughs> you can dream big. That's right. That's, That's what right. PT you, never know. You, you, never, you never know. But um, oh, I think it definitely helps. It, it helps to study in a group for more like the pl- pl- preliminary, excuse me, uh, points of, preparation. Unfortunately, I used to uh, prepare with some of these, these friends and uh, they were communicating certain points. And I was like, wow, I don't recall that or remember that at all. So this is kind of like, it's a little too late, but um, it's definitely something you should kind of see uh, maybe groups of like three to five max. I think the bigger a group gets with studying, the harder it becomes. There's a lot more distractions and a lot more opinions and, and dialogue back and forth. But if you keep it tight, you know, which people are going to be really serious. And also um, you can, you can gain, if we were all studying, you could kind of gain like how the, what benefits, what are the pros and cons of studying with Casey? What are the pros and cons of studying with Joe's? Like what, what's, how can I help them? What are some better points where they're better? Where can I learn from that? So I would do it that way. Oh, perfect. And, and the next statement I'm going to say, if there's any professors listening to this, I apologize. I don't mean this in any ill way, oh boy. But, but I think now, now we're, we're mixing two worlds um, because, because we talked a lot about you as a physical therapy student, kind of you going that direction. Um, obviously your early experience with just the hustle, right? Um, and that, that was you being an entrepreneur early on. And, and lastly, your love for technology and, and where you are now. Right. And so it's funny because now you're not practicing as a full-time physical therapist, correct? So you're, you've ended up in a position that perfectly emulates what your passions are. 
And so now I'm stepping back and I'm saying, man, like it's crazy how, and I know we talked about this before, but it's crazy to me how sometimes the academic system, I don't know if it suffocates or it drains the ability of someone to, to dream, right? Um, and by that, I mean, look at little kids. Uh, like when a kid is little, they, I mean, you put them outside, they'll take grass sticks or whatever, and they'll make whatever. Like you'll come back out, they have a little house, they have a backyard. They, I mean, because they're kids, but it's almost as if the further we go through school, the more that gets dwindled down so that by the time we graduate, whether that's college or graduate school or whatever, we're taught to think a certain way. Um, and so it's almost like we're stuck in a box, right? Uh, what are your thoughts about that, that thought and that approach and, and really just kind of what I'm trying to, to capture? Because it's something that I've only re- realized recently um, because, I mean, I've been in school most of my life. And so, so it's not until now that you look back to a time when you were really a dreamer and you're not, sometimes you don't end up going in the direction of, of where your passions really lie because you're so caught up in following the systematic process of, of academia. What pops into my head is I think it's half the normal, like the norms of being put in a box of like going through high school and you try to get good grades and you try to get into a good college and pursue a good major to get a good job and a good salary. So I think the other half of that is that we live in a society now where we put way too much opinion on what other people think about us. And Mm. so if what I mean by that is if I'm pursuing this particular norm, this normal, these normal journeys, which is high school, high school, good grades don't fail out, get into a, a bachelor's program or an undergraduate program and then either pursue a job right after that or go to grad school and then a job right after that. So I think that's just the, those are like the normal steps, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like, like I said, you mentioned, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I still went to college, but I don't know if it was totally right for me. But then again, we live in this time where we put a lot of emphasis on what would the neighbors think what would your teachers think or your aunt and uncle think if you left school for to go travel the world or to go and you know work somewhere first like a, either a manual labor job or or something that is is in between that you can just do like entry level so i think it's i don't i'm not saying there's any solutions here but that's just my opinion when like you know you mentioned that and i think uh, we need to just do our own thing. Everyone is so unique and we just can't box every single student, every single person into a certain niche, a certain journey um, because we have so much variability. And I think at the end of the day, uh, for, for, for our listeners, I think the take home message is because we'll be honest, we'll be frank. The, the purpose of pre-PT grind is, is yes, to help facilitate the process of um, the journey towards physical therapy school, whether that's, kind of helping you decide on whether PT is right for you or, or really just the nitty gritty, just the process, the application process, the study patterns, like what should I be doing now to have a better chance of getting in? But I think on the other side of the coin, um, as we saw uh, with, with a previous podcast episode, I think it was titled uh, physical therapy school might not be for you. Is that what it was Casey? Yeah. With Jerry Durham. Yeah. With Jerry Durham. And I think the take home message from that is the earlier you figure out that it is or isn't for you, the better it's a win either way, because what it is, it's, it's allowing you to be able to, to factor in 100% what your passions are going to be. Your career should not have to feel like you're going in day in, day out, just dragging along. It should feel like you're doing what you're meant to be doing. It shouldn't feel like a job at all. Does it feel like you're, you're having a job, Dave? No, hell no. I, I, don't no. Count, I don't count the hours. My friends ask me how many hours I work. I have no idea. Yeah, it exactly. It's not a job. I, I'm, not, I'm not clocking in. I'm not clocking out. I also don't have to document, which I love. I'll get there one day. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get there one day. No, but I think at the end of the day, whether you're going into physical therapy school to be a physical therapist or you decide maybe physical therapy is not for me, identify what your passions are right now. And if you've lost track of those passions, 
like take some time to retrack, like track back to a point where you had passions and you will re-identify, because I think a lot of times we will get caught up in how busy everything is. What's the next phase? Okay, I'm graduating high school. I should start college. I should start my biology or my anatomy and all this other stuff. And by the time you're done, you'll realize, uh uh-oh, either I made a good decision or I didn't, but I didn't take the time to process it in the meantime. And so in identifying what your passions are, then factor them into everything you're going to do. If you're going to be a clinician, factor them into that. If you're going to have a private practice in the future, factor it into that. If you're not going to do physical therapy altogether, factor it into that. And I think that's where you will identify and, and be able to claim and, and lay hold of, of one of the best things possible, which is a career that does not feel like a drag because you're doing that for a huge chunk of your life. And if you're able to do what you love in the meantime, then why the heck not? Right. Perfect. So, so transitioning slightly, can you tell us a little bit about like how, how you transitioned into stopping clinical work and going into initial? And at the same time, what if somebody is in your place that you were? Um, what if a student loves technology, loves apps, but at the same time loves healthcare? Is there any advice you can give to a student in that spot going further in their future? First of all, the, the part of healthcare has been vital because being a physical therapist, you, you see, you evaluate and treat, you meet so many people, so many different types of people, old, young, different backgrounds, different preconceived notions, different cultures, religions, different languages. And so I, first of all, I love the, just like I said earlier, being around a lot of people and being around different people, which is why I love being, you know, living here in New York city. And so that has helped me with communicating and interacting with others, not just in the physical therapy community, but in the startup and, you know, tech ecosystem, because any, whether it's sales or whether it's talking with you guys or communicating with someone online or meeting people at networking events. I'm better at all of that because I was a physical therapist who was evaluating and treating patients, clients, individuals who needed my help. But at the same time, it was really just like this. It was like communicating and meeting people and understanding your background. You can understand where I'm coming from. That has been vital in terms of the technology side. um, You have to, I mean, if you're really interested, you'll, you'll know, like you'll be able to pursue apps and websites and do things like this where you start a podcast or like Casey, you know, start a blog and and do things where you're putting out content and you're already using the internet and you're like, wow, I can put out my thoughts, my, my opinions, see what other people think, whether they agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation about that. And you can kind of get caught up in a good way into, wow, I can use this. Like right now I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. And I just had this laptop open and I'm hanging out with you two guys. Like the internet's amazing. Like what's there not to love? So for me, like I just geek out, geek out on them, like kind of nerdy. And, and I want to like do as much as I can. Like, oh, oh wait, how did like, you know, Casey sent the link to this talk through Facebook messenger instead of email. Like to me, I think of that. That's, that's interesting. Like, I don't know, you know, no one else would think of that, but it's like, wow, like we have so many different avenues and channels. And so what I'm saying is like, use that. If you have that passion, that enthusiasm for the channels of the internet, there's just a million things you can use those channels and those platforms for, and you can solve other people's challenges, problems, pain points, whether it's a practice owner or whether it's a restaurant tour or whether it's your, wherever your mom or dad works and, and their office maybe needs something, you know, a website or, or a blog or, you know, some type of, product or you know solution or service so yeah wow i think i think a good message from that as well is that you can repurpose whatever you're doing on the internet as well and use it mm-hmm. for your resume for pt school resume for a pt tech job or a job uh you can use this information for an interview like if you have your own blog if you work for a website if you run a podcast for for dave the ceo of initial or something like that you can use all this stuff for your main goal of becoming a physical therapy student. So I think that was a, a powerful short message that you just, that you probably didn't even know you said that I just took from that. And you can probably apply to this upcoming, this upcoming PTCAS application cycle. So no, use that inter, interconnected with all areas of your life. And is from that, from, from what I just said, is there anything else a student could be doing 
right now if they're interested in, in technology in that world? They should reach out to anyone, right? So like, and I should probably be doing more of this, but if someone's really interested, they should reach out to the person that's doing it, whether it's the founder, the CEO, you can email me, Dave com. You can find any of us on LinkedIn. Um, but it's, it's being inquisitive and finding out like, Hey, how can I potentially help? Not what can, what can you do for me right now? Which is why I always tell friends and colleagues that are younger than me, like you should be on LinkedIn or you should be on different platforms and communicating and engaging with people that potentially in a year or two or three from now might be a spot for you to work. So reaching out on LinkedIn, for example, to a practice owner, like if you're, if you're in PT school right now, you should be reaching out on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and commenting or LinkedIn and asking questions about, you know, Hey, um, I've heard that, you know, healthcare reimbursements declining and it's really tough. It seems like it's really tough out there for practices and there's, ACOs and there's consolidation and what are some, you know, what's one thing or one challenge or, or one offensive move that you're doing to combat that at your practice. And I'm just interested because I'm a, I'm a PT student. If an owner sees that question, they're going to say, wow, that's, that's really unique. Like who is this person? They, they're not asking for a job because maybe you can ask for a job in a year or two after you communicate with them and you have to build rapport right? I, the reason why I'm on this podcast is not because you, we just met last week, right? Casey, we've talked several times. Yeah. You, yeah. you helped us out with some data entry with Vinicial. I was commenting on Joe's uh, PT, um, not PT, Facebook live videos like six months ago or something. And I was like, I was like, well, this dude, Joe's has like some pretty, he's got a pretty sweet voice, like a radio voice. <laughs> I appreciate and, it. And and, and I know Joe's likes Kobe Bryant. And so like, there's all these things, like all these touch points because I already, we already laid some groundwork and knew each other. Then you, you know, I talked to Joe's last week and then you guys invited me on, which is great, but I didn't do any of that to get on this podcast. But it's just like, we did all these little things before, like in the last six months or eight months. And then I'm on a podcast, you know, hanging out with you guys and, and, and talking. That's exactly how it works. And do you think pre-PTs, can do this to get into PT school as well? Use the same, the same advice? Absolutely. So, well, first of all, it, with, cause I went from high school right into the PT program. Like I, I was kind of like that six, you know, three and three program. Did yeah. you guys go through that or did you have yeah. the four years? And I did three, three. Yeah. That's very familiar to us. Our school does have three, three. Joseph did three, three. I did four, three. Okay. So like when I was in high school to try to get into PT school, I was doing like the normal things like National Honor Society and things that I was trying to do. However, if, it w if the decision to get into physical therapy school, like if you're an undergrad and you're trying to get into physical therapy school, I don't know what percentage of the decision is made through admissions based on transcripts and all those like numbers versus does the program then meet Casey or Joe's and then they say, oh, based on this meeting, we really want them. I, do you guys know what's like, who has the most say in that decision? Uh, it's about, it's about 50, 50. Most it's about 50, 50 to 60, 40. Like they're going to see your transcripts first, unless you reach out to them first. Like you were just uh -huh. talking about, then okay. they'll, then they'll know you then see your transcript, then see you again in the interview. All right. All right. So, so for example, in Manhattan at NYU, NYU run, they have a, a 5k. They have at least one, I think Blake and, and Cameron and some of the, these other guys that I've met on, you know, through social media and, and different places, NYU, New York University, the DPT program has at least one 5K per year. If you're an undergrad and you wanted to go to NYU, if you live nearby, but maybe if you wanted to travel, drive a couple hours and ahead of time, try to volunteer, reach out to the professors, reach out to the students. And, and because at the 5K, do you think any of the professors are going to be there? I would say probably at least one professor might be there. Hmm. True. And if you're an undergrad, you're going to be the only person showing that much hustle by saying, hello, Dr. Smith. I'm actually an undergrad and I'm really interested in not just physical therapy, but I love the NYU brand and I want to live here and I'm going to be here. And by the way, I'm here to volunteer and help. Do you need me to go buy some oranges, buy some extra water? what can I help with? Do you want me to set up some of the tables so that your students can stretch some of the runners after they finish the race? By the way, my name is Dave Kittle. And I would say my name a hundred times. And I would say that professor's name a hundred times. 
and maybe so I would bring grade. Exactly. I would exactly. And then if it was Casey doing that, Casey would give a business card or say, Oh, by the way, here's a link to my blog and, or print your blog out. I don't know. It just, what I'm saying is the stuff you could do is limitless. You just got to put in the work. Mm. I love it. That was perfect. That was perfect. I love yeah, it. That's, that's the perfect word to wrap up the podcast. And, and as we do so, uh, we, we have a question that we've been asking uh, many of our guests that come on this podcast and it's, there's someone on the podcast right now that, um, that resembles the person that they're going to be speaking to, which is the younger version of themselves. And so right now we're going to ask you um, to look back at a point when, whether it's when you were 17, 16, it could be whenever, where you feel as though you were very impressionable and you feel as though it was really the beginnings of where you are now. What is something that you would have told the younger Dave um, something that you've learned over the years of, of whether it's through PT school, obviously claiming your, your early vision with Vinitial and the technological side of that and really having that succeed. What is something you would tell the younger version of yourself, whether it's something that you should or should not do or just a piece of advice that you feel would, would be important? Uh, this might sound a little weird because I've heard this on a different podcast and what they do is they, they use certain techniques to potentially get to a service offering, for example, like a technology piece or some type of a solution mm -hmm. uh, where you're focusing on the solute, like, like solving the issue, the challenge, as opposed to the product, like as opposed to, in this case, the initial, like instead of worrying about the initial communicating with, I would, I would tell myself as 17 or 18 years old, I would say, go and talk to local business owners, whether it's a physical therapy practice owner, the restaurateur that owns the local restaurant, the local hairdresser or barber, ask them, go in and just, because as a young student, as a young person, they're gonna be very open. And, and you say, hey, um, my name is Dave Kittle, by the way, I am communicating, I'm talking with local businesses, and I'm interested in finding out if you have your processes and systems documented um, in, a, in a Google Doc or, or in a manual for any other technicians or employees or staff members to, to come on here. They're going to be like, first of all, whoa, that's an interesting question. That's weird. And they're probably going to say no, that they're not documented. Then I would tell my 17 or 18-year-old self to then document by listening sitting in that barbershop, sitting in that physical therapy office and, and, and documenting what I'm seeing, what's conducting, what's taking place, whether it's patients mm -hmm. checking in and going through this process and going through physical therapy, because you're seeing from a, like a larger view of like a business world operating, the ecosystem, things, transaction, like transactions and things that are these moving parts. And from these moving parts, you would be able to see issues and challenges that you could potentially use software or manual processes to solve those issues. Huh. Pretty That's cool, genius. right? That's genius. <laughs> so, so as, as opposed to building a competitive secure texting app, we're building a, another electronic medical record system for practice owners, for example. Before you do that, you need to go to the owners, the people or the, the staff physical therapist or the barber shop, the barber or the salon or the restaurant owner and sit there and ask them, can I put, can I put your processes and systems in a, in a documented fashion? So that that way, when you bring on any other staff members, your, all of your processes and systems are documented, and therefore you inherently would then learn how that business operates. Hmm. And then you would see, wow, wouldn't it be cool if, instead of people having to come into this pizza shop or come into this restaurant to buy whatever food, wouldn't it be cool if um, people could just order it on their phone or from their computer at home? And like, like boom, that's how Grubhub and Seamless came about. And that's where, that's why you are where you are today, pretty much. <laughs> Yo, where was Dave like six years ago in my life? <laughs> if you told me that when I was in high school, shoot. But it's kind of like well, what we do with PT though. I mean to be good, you gotta, you gotta really just observe and immerse yourself in it. And you learn so much, so much, but Absolutely. that approach alone, like, as you were saying it, I was just like mind blown. Cause yeah, you're right. You do understand how their business works. You do understand how every, and then obviously whatever value you can offer is just, that's game over. So that's brilliant, brilliant advice.
happy to pass it along. <laughs> now we talked a little bit about studying earlier and, and it doesn't matter what way we spin it. Grades are still important for sure. If you, if you get good grades, it makes this whole process so much easier. So what if somebody is out there right now and, and, and we know that we have to find our own way to study and find our own way that works best for us. But what if that, what if that way is failing somebody right now? Is there any, strategies that Dave Kittle used in pre-PT or in PT school that that helped him get where he is today? I think that if like because you mentioned if something's failing you so if if something if a particular study pattern is failing you then you absolutely need to do something different so when now my wife Annie when we were very good friends and we were an undergrad studying together she had headphones in and she could be on the library floor that had all this commotion and people walking around and it was very loud. And as much as I wanted to be close to her, which eventually I did luckily, but as much as I wanted to be near her and learn from her when we were doing our one-on-one studying with the group and it was heads down on your own time, I had to go to the fourth floor of the library where it was the silent floor where you couldn't, there was like, it was complete silence up there. I had to go up there to study. Um, and I actually had to kind of mouth the words that I was reading, like almost out loud. So only I could hear myself. So as, as opposed to just reading it in my head without my lips moving, I would, I would read what I'm reading, but I would only make it audible enough for me to hear to not disrupt anyone on the silent floor. And to me that really, really helped. And I think you just have to know yourself. And if something's failing at like, Casey mentioned, you absolutely have to try something different. So whether that's more music, more noise and more distractions or less, or in like a, a one of those whiteboard rooms where you're the only one in there and, and, and you don't bring your phone. Cause now like if you have your, if you have a cell phone or a laptop or internet access, forget it. I don't, I don't know how you can study these days. <laughs> I would have to, I personally, I'd have to disconnect completely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. That was perfect. That was perfect. Brilliant. So, so as we do close, as Joseph was saying, uh, as you know, you can find us at preptgrind at gmail.com, uh, preptgrind at Instagram and Twitter, then also join our pre, pre-doctor of physical therapy students page and also like our page on Facebook. But for you, Dave, where can, where can students find you if they want to reach out and find you? My username is at Dave Kittle on Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook.com slash Dave Kittle, linkedin.com slash in slash Dave Kittle, and uh, shoot me an email, Dave at Venetial.com if you want to, you know, go the email route, and our website is Venetial.com if you want to check out the product and, and check out the app, and uh, it's in the app store, and I'd love, you know, if I can help, shoot me a question. If not, uh, I think the two co-hosts here can definitely help you out and answer questions because I've talked to them enough where I know you know, they're going places. And I think that they could also provide a lot of help and support as well. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you also for joining us on the podcast. It's been a blast. I know we could probably talk for another hour. Easy. <laughs> um, but, but we've certainly enjoyed having you on the episode. Yes, um, yes. We look forward to f- future conversations with you, you know, on our own terms. Um, but for those listening, thank you once again for joining us on the podcast. We look forward to see you guys next week on the next episode have a fantastic morning afternoon evening bye thank you so much for listening to this episode of the pre-pt grind podcast this is a part of the show where we support the people who support us first we'd like to mention smart success pt founded by greg todd This course helps you increase your value and build your brand as a physical therapist. What is Smart Success PT? It's an online course, lifetime access, that gives you step-by-step instructions on how to make more money as a PT, improve your worth to your employer, and gain more time for yourself and for your family by learning the most current leverage strategies as a physical therapist. It also helps you catapult your career, expand your network, and achieve your goals. So check out Smart Success PT. Next, I'd like to mention NewGradPhysicalTherapy.com in conjunction with CovalentCareers.com. New Grad Physical Therapy is an online platform that offers you content with topics including careers, 
clinical skills, licensing, grad school, insurance, residency, and they even have an audio series to help you study. The parent company to new grad physical therapy is Covalent Careers. This is a sophisticated web platform that helps PTs find the right opportunities and jobs after PT school. Their main goal is to be the champions for new grad physical therapists, helping them cross the void from student to new PT, especially in regards to career resources. They have tons of helpful content for both job seekers and employers. It is meant to inform both on how to identify what is the best match for both parties and to make that happen. The platform also allows you to start networking and communicating with potential employers well before graduation. It's a great way to explore employment options well before that stressful time of actually having to find a job. Sign up for your free profile at covalentcareers.com. Use my code CASEY2017. That's Casey2017. If you're skeptical on why you should use my code or anything like that, don't worry. It's just a way for us to track how well this message is reaching you. So sign up and I'll see you inside. Next, I like to mention fitbucks.com, F-I-T-B-U-X. This is an online financial platform that helps you map your financial future before, during, and after PT school. So go check them out, F-I-T-B-U-X, fitbucks.com. Lastly, I like to mention healthsnaps.com. It provides video and messaging for you and your patient. Telehealth is here, telehealth is the future. Go check them out, healthsnaps.com. Now many of you may be wondering on why pre-PT Grind is promoting things that seem unrelated to pre-PTs. Well, that's where I beg to differ. These resources are very much related to pre-PTs and their success. This is where pre-PT Grind separates itself. Our goal is not just to get you into PT school, but our goal is to make sure you thrive once you're in and beyond. This is not a 16-week class that gives you a final exam, then sends you on your way. We have you set up all the way to the end of the journey. So stick with us, keep listening, and we've got you covered. Thank you again so much for listening to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. We will see you very soon.